Well, hi, this is the podcast for Word of Life in Bentonville, Arkansas, and you are listening to episode number 12. In this podcast, our pastor, Bill Rogers, talks about knowing God. And through this today, I hope that you find yourself in that place where you too can know God personally, intimately, and in a very real way. I hope you enjoy. I have two sermons today. You won't need to put anything on the screen for a moment because this is sermon number one. I didn't give you my notes on it. Faith comes by hearing. By the way, not having heard, but by hearing what you're hearing presently. We can receive nothing from God unless we hear from God. Hear what he is saying. All of the sounds that are going out at any given moment, we only hear a small percentage of them. Only those that we focus on, pay attention to, wait and look for. Beverly said to me a couple of days ago at the house, did you hear that? (laughs) Did I hear that? Did I hear what? I hear the traffic. I hear the heater kick on. I hear the street out in front. I hear birds. I hear dogs. I hear, what was it? What, what are you asking me? Sounded like there was a wreck maybe, a bang out on the bump out on the highway maybe. And then it dawned on me, I had heard it, but I didn't even think about it. You know why? I wasn't focused on it. I didn't hear it because I wasn't focused on it. In this room right now, there are a lot of sounds going on. A lot of sounds. You go out in the woods, there's a lot of sounds. In the city, there's a lot of sounds. A lot of sounds going out. But we only hear what we focus on. To survive, many animals depend on their hearing. To survive our enemy, we must hear from God constantly. Walking in his presence, listening intently to his voice. Incidentally, his voice, his words are recorded in a book. It's called the Bible. Occasionally, the minister says God is a healer. If you need healing, come forward and receive it. Many who are sick do not move. Why? They did not hear, receive, and accept. Today in this house... You can find Jesus Christ as your Savior if you never have before. You can, but you will only do that. You can only do that if you hear what I'm saying and you accept what I'm saying and you come forward and receive. Of course, you don't have to come forward to receive Jesus. But it's a good thing to do. Many are sick, but they don't move. Why? They did not hear, receive, or accept John 1.11, Jesus said, he came to his, the word says, he came to his own, his own did not receive him. Mark 4, chapter 4, talking about the seed that's sown, those that are sown on good ground. How many is good ground here today? They hear and accept and bear fruit. Chapter 6 says, He was in Nazareth, but he could do no mighty work there because of their unbelief. Luke chapter 4, verses 22 through 27, 
in short, say that, says that ministry happens whenever somebody is ready to receive. Whenever we say to someone, I love you, and there's no reaction, we know they did not really hear us. They weren't focused on us. I mean, if somebody sincerely says, I love you, and there's no response, they're not listening. Because love is your greatest need. I mean, say amen. amen. Love is your greatest need. Spiritually, even physically, emotionally, love is your biggest need. What causes a loss of hearing? Mark chapter 4, verse 19 when we ponder, we're driven by what it says in this verse, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust or desires of other things. <clears throat> Hebrews 5 says, you're dull of hearing. Matthew 13, you're dull, you're, there's, there's a dull, they, they were dull of hearing. Amos 8, 11 said there would be a famine famine not of food or drink but a famine of hearing the word of the Lord say with me I am not dull of hearing come on I am not dull of hearing I come on I am not dull of hearing I'm going to hear everything that's said this morning I'm not only going to hear everything Pastor Bill says I'm going to hear everything that the spirit of God says amen you know you can do that now, if you have somebody sitting there by you talking to you while I'm preaching, you probably won't hear both of us. But if you listen to me and the Holy, you can listen to me and the Holy Spirit at the same time. Isn't that amazing? He talks directly to your heart. I have to talk to your ears, and it has to go through your ears and into your heart. He talks directly to your heart. Amen. If you have your Bibles, and I'm probably going to put this on the screen, but I want to talk this morning about knowing God. Philippians chapter 3 verse 10 says that I might know him. I may know him. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his, his sufferings <clears throat> being conformed to his death. That I may know him. You know if you're involved, if you were there with him in his resurrection and you were there with him and took part in his sufferings, and you were made conformed to the same death he was, how many know you would know him? You'd know him. You've been right there with somebody, and they go through something. You know them. Then in Hebrews, book of Hebrews, and I'll be turning to these. Hebrews chapter 8. Listen to this. The first part of chapter, well, let me just drop down to uh, verse 7. Starts off talking about a new covenant. That new covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. Really where I want to start is verse 8. Because finding fault with him, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Jacob. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. 
because they did not continue in my covenant and I disregarded them, says the Lord. But this is the covenant, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his, his, none his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. Lord, give us ears to hear this morning. We need to know you. We need to know you. I want to know him. How about you? In, in Hebrews 11, you're right there close if you want to flip over. Chapter 11, verse 5 starts talking about a man named Enoch. Enoch. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. He pleased God. Genesis chapter 5 talks about Enoch. He walked with God. He was not, for God took him. He didn't die. They didn't put him in a grave. He just didn't show up for dinner one day. And they never did find him. You know why? Because God took him. God took him away. He walked with God. He had an experience. He experienced walking hand in hand with God every day. Every day. He walked with God. God took him. But he pleased God. He pleased God. How did he please God? Verse 6. But without faith it is impossible to please God. Now, now the writer starts explaining what he meant by he pleased God. Without faith it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder. How many believe God is a rewarder? You know, a lot, a lot of people think God is a cursor. Take away from me. Take from me. No. You can't give God anything, really, to make him any more than what he is. But if you will give to God, if you will, if you will give, not just finance, but be giving a giving person to God and to people, You'll have more of God in your life, I can tell you. I mean, say amen. <clears throat> Back to verse 6. He who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He walked with God. He pleased God. He was taken away. And he believed that God was. He believed that God was a rewarder. He, he knew God personally. He didn't hear about, just hear about God. He walked with God. He experienced God. We need, I need, we need an experience with God. We need a manifestation, a manifestation. You know, your husband or wife, you can talk to them on the phone, all that, but how many know it's a, it's a lot different? It's a lot different when you're together. Amen? It's a lot different. 
Occasionally I call my wife, but it's a lot better. We like to ride around and talk. Get away from the house. Ride down the road. Talk about, you know, we both grew up here and we talk about places. But, and then we get to talking about the goodness of God. And I'll start preaching and then she starts preaching and we don't know which one's going to get the offering, but we, <laughs> we preach to each other. We need manifestations. We need manifestations of the Holy Ghost. We need manifestations of God in the house. We need manifestations in our house, in our homes. Not vicariously. Not through someone else's experience that they have shared with us. How many ever had somebody tell you about an experience they had with God? Of course, I'm sure we all have. I, I, I've, I've read I've heard and then I've been personally told by people about an experience. A um, lady that was in our church years ago, she was uh, riding down the street in Bentonville by Thomas Jefferson Elementary right there. And she's just riding along. Her husband's driving. She's sitting on the right. She looks out the window and there's Jesus. And you know why I knew that she really seen Jesus. When she said it, it was almost as though I seen him. But it wasn't quite as good as if I had actually seen him myself. I have to admit that. But I could tell that she had seen him when she told that. It was not some story she made up. But it still was not good. But listen, now I never seen Jesus like that. Matter of fact, I told God that's not fair. It's just not fair. I'm be I'm a better guy than she is. So, no, no I didn't say that. <laughs> yeah, he would. He probably would laugh too if I'd have said that. But I have experienced God. I experienced God. I'll just tell you. I'm standing here this morning. I can't take it. I just can't take it. Why did I walk over there by the wall? I don't know. I just can't take it. I just can't stand still. I was experiencing God. When I was young, I'd scream and run around the building. I don't want to do that now because, you know, about halfway around the building, I may, y'all may have to drag me back up here at the front. No, I'm just teasing about that too. I'm not that unhealthy. But I just can't, I just, I love to experience God. You say it's not in the feeling. I believe that. I know it's not in the field. It's by faith. We take everything by faith. But I sure do like it when I sense God. I sense God. I sense him near. I sense him in this room now. Y'all a little quiet. It's okay. You know why? Because I, I sense God is in the room. I sense God is here to do mighty things among us. Yeah. Some people have experienced, you know, we got fog going on. They've experienced real smoke from the Holy Ghost. They've experienced, they say, I don't doubt them. I have no reason to doubt them. Gold dust falling from the ceiling. I don't, you know, I've not seen any of that. But I can tell you, I have experienced God. It's a real, there's a real manifestation. There's a real sense that God is in this room right now. In a powerful way. I said last night to Beverly or someone, God will show up tomorrow. 
He told me he would show up today. And I said, God will show up tomorrow. I said to someone this morning, it's going to be a good day. I don't think I said, I repeated what I said last night, but I knew when I said that, God will be here today. I can tell you right now, while I'm talking, whatever you have need of, God will move on your behalf. I will go home today not the same as when I came in. Why? Because God is in the house. I'm glad y'all are here. I'm a lot more glad God's here. Amen. We need, we need to know him personally. We need to know him personal, personally, intimately. I can know him for myself. Come on, tell your neighbor, I can know him for myself. I can know him for myself. 1 Timothy 2, 5. We have, Jesus said, we have, or Paul wrote, we have one mediator between God and man. Tell your neighbor, but only one. Only one. And in reality, he is God himself. Amen. We sing the old song, nothing between my soul and my Savior. And that's actually talking about sin. Well, I can tell you something. There's nothing between my soul and my Savior. And I'm not talking about sin. I'm talking about anybody else or any other thing. Not to be criticizing some churches, but I don't have to have a priest. I don't have to go through somebody else to get to God. I mean, say amen. amen. One mediator, Jesus himself. John 14, no one comes to the Father except through me. No one else. I can know him for myself. I can know him. I heard years ago when I was young about a place called the Grand Canyon. I've seen pictures of it. Massive. I mean, it's just. And then when I'm 40, we go on vacation and we go to the Grand Canyon. I don't know if you've been there. Of course, I was a little younger then. I was a little more taken back by scenes like that than I maybe am now. But I, it's just unimaginable. I've seen pictures of it, but it's just to experience it is altogether different. I read stories. I've seen movies about the war, the problems in Germany and Poland in the last few years, and what Hitler and the Nazi regime done there. But I've been to Poland twice now. I've been to Poland. I've seen it. I've seen the oppression is still there. The old folks went through that. They've never been the same since then. Well, let me tell you something about my life. I started off in the oppression. I got delivered from it. And I can tell you it is glorious on this side. But see, I never experienced Poland. I, uh, we went to Auschwitz. I never, I've heard, seen pictures, read about it, all of that. But when you've been there, there's a, there's a hush when you go to that place. There's a hush there, right? A hush. I mean, there's just not a lot of talking. It's just sad. They have big pictures. They have a room where they have piles of hair. And they ask you when you go in that room, please don't talk. That's human remains that are still there. A chair, 
a, chair, a big chair in that room made out of human hair. Tell you, been there, the old song says. I've experienced that now. I know how it feels. Well, let me tell you something. I grew up, mom and daddy telling me about God. Sunday school teachers telling me about God. I, grew up, I heard all about that. But I can tell you at age 23, now I had some experiences with God before. Conviction drawing me. But at age 23, I started experiencing God. And I'll just be quite frank with you. There's seldom ever a day goes by that I don't have a manifestation of a presence of God in my life. And I can tell you, I am not special. I'm no more special than you are. If you don't have that, you can have it. And we need it. How many can say amen? We, we need to know him experientially like Enoch. Adam and Eve, God came and walked with them every day. Yeah, we, we learn as we're growing up, we hear about the goodness of God. We hear about, you know, a few years ago, I heard about a revival in Pensacola, Florida. So we load up after church on Wednesday night and drove all night. Got there the next morning, drove by the church, find, found it, went and got our motel, checked in, took a shower, went right back. We got back to the church about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. It was already lined up out front. By the time service started that night, service started at 7 at 6, they started letting us in. I couldn't even see the end of the line back behind me. I heard about it, but... We go into the room, we go into the room, and you just sense the awesome presence of God, just like I've sensed here this morning. Sit down, a little chit-chat, you know, and hum and hum, and I don't know, about maybe a quarter till seven, some of you that went, maybe something like that, Lyndall Cooley comes out, and... He just touches the keys on that piano, just tinkered a little bit for a second. And it was like, the presence of God came into that room. Now, I sensed it before, but I sensed it in a powerful way. I can tell you, you can have that every day of your life. I'll remind you, it doesn't, you don't have to have a feeling, it's by faith. But I can tell you, you need to know God is with you every day. Every hour of every day. Again, another old song. Oh, that I might know him. If I get to know him, then I can pray for myself. James 5, 13. If anybody is suffering, let him pray. Yeah, sometimes I need people to help me pray. I want people to pray with me, agree with me. We're going to do that at the close of service today. But quite honestly, I, as much as I love you all, I don't need you when I really need to get in touch with God. I don't really have to have you. It's good to have people with you and to pray with you. 
but I can pray for myself. You can pray for yourself. You don't have to wait till you come to church. If you're suffering, you pray. You need an experience with God. You need to know that you have a God. You don't have to go through Pastor Bill. You can go through, you can go directly to the throne room of God. You can. Hebrews 4.16, you and I can come boldly. You can come boldly to the throne of grace. Romans 8.26, the Spirit also helps us. Helps us. The Holy Spirit will help you. You. And then 1 John. Turn to 1 John with me. Or it may be on the screen. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. Don't, don't get the idea that you don't need to listen to people preach and teach. That's really not what he's saying. Really, not what he said, but your real teacher is the Holy Spirit. Let me say amen. Everyone has their own anointing. Oh, but I'm not anointed, Pastor Bill. Of course, you are. Of course, you are. Everyone has their, everyone has their own personal contact with God. Again, I don't, you know, I'm talking to a group here this morning. But just pretend for a moment that it's you and I talking face to face. That's the way it is with the Holy Spirit. You may be in a crowd of thousands of people, but the Holy Ghost, God Almighty, can talk directly to you. You need to understand this is a personal salvation. This is a, he is a personal God. Yeah, he prophesies about the nations and the multitudes and all of that. He talks about all of that in the Word of God. But I want to show you here in a moment, you are mentioned in the Bible many, many times. You as an individual. John, just look with me. I don't know if they even put these on the overhead or not. Um, John 14. John 14. I watch myself, you know, you shouldn't, I don't like to anyway. I don't like to watch myself preach. I turn it off and think, boy, I don't know how anybody can watch that. <laughs> watch that guy. Because I look like I'm mad. I'm not, I'm really happy. Just wanted to let you know. My, one of my brothers told me one time, well, you ought to tell your face then, you know. <laughs> Jesus said in John 14, 17, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. John chapter 16, or I'm sorry, 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Chapter 16, verse 13. 
However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Eight times you. God's talking to you this morning. You. You know, many times, and I've done it too, many times we sit there and we think, boy, that's good for so-and-so. Sure wish they were here this morning. <laughs> That's good, you know. Wasted sermon. They didn't get to hear it. It's for me. Come on, be selfish for a minute. It's for me. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to be selfish just for a minute. This sermon's not about you. It's about me. And then your neighbor should say back to you, you mean you? <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, me. <laughs> You as an individual. Get all the education that you can. But you don't need, a whole, you don't need an education to hear from the Holy Ghost. Some of the most uneducated people I ever met in my life walk so close to God that God worked in powerful ways in their life. So you don't need an education. The Holy Spirit doesn't speak to our intellect. He speaks directly to the heart, to the spirit. We should not allow man's wisdom to interfere. You know, well, I heard Professor so-and-so say, <laughs> speaking of that, I heard Professor so-and-so say one time at a breakfast meeting something. I'm thinking, you taught in all those schools. You helped build a school for the Assemblies of God in South America. You're professor so-and-so. And what you just said is, does not line up with the Word of God. Does not agree with my spirit. Of course, I'm not going to say anything. You don't want to tell somebody how dumb they are. You know, you'll offend them. <laughs> Try it sometime. Just tell somebody, well, you're just so dumb. Just see if they're your friend anymore. <laughs> no, I don't recommend it. <laughs> you can think it, just don't say it. <laughs> just don't allow, just don't allow man's wisdom. Don't allow the educated. By the way, just let me just throw this in. It's just a little side note. Our, our universities... Our campuses are telling our young people that the reason that your parents are conservative is because they're uneducated. But we're going to educate you. <laughs> You're educated. And I've even heard of, not, not just one, but a few, I started to say several, but at least a few, who've been to school and now they tell their parents, You're uneducated. The reason you think the way you do the reason they want socialism is because they've been taught it. And they think, they think we're the dumb ones. <laughs> Let me move right along. <laughs> you don't want to get people sidetracked on that in the middle of a sermon. Amen. But knowing God, knowing God, knowing the Holy Spirit, it allows you to filter out half-truths. False prophecies, words, you know, I have a word for you. <laughs> Remember, 
Another little side note. I remember going to a place south of here a few years ago and ministering in a church. and There was a woman there, and I shouldn't even tell you what all went on in that service, but I preached that night, and at the close of, at the, after the service, she came up for ministry, and she asked me if I had a word from God for her. <clears throat> I said, yeah, I have a word for you. Go home and be a wife to your husband and a mother to your daughter. She looked at me like I'd slapped her. I'd just given her a word from God. That's what she needed. That's what she needed to hear. I mean, sometimes you do need a word from God. But anyway. Another one I don't want to get sidetracked on, just did. Don't just take anyone's word. As I'm preaching this morning, anyone's preaching, you're listening to anyone. Don't listen, listen to the Holy Spirit that's in you. Know God well enough. Know God well enough that you know when somebody gets off. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to God. Know God. Get to know God. Listen to that anointing. Listen to that inner ear that's in you. Every one of us have. You and I have an anointing. You and I. We all. Again, tell your neighbor, you have an anointing. And with that anointing, we will not be led astray by winds of doctrine. We need to get to know God. How do I do that, Pastor Bill? Start with his word. Start with his word. I recommend, I highly recommend you do it every morning. Whatever time you can, you can do it. Of course, the more the better. But if you'll start off your day before you get all of that internet driving to work. Well, I don't know very many people drive to work anymore but get all that other stuff going on before you get on Facebook before you get in a fight with the kids trying to get them up out of bed or anything else you know get along with God read his word you may not have one goose bump don't need a goose bump just start talking to God and then read his word his word is talking to you he is talking to you through his word have a conversation with God and let him do most of the talking. You ever talk to somebody and they'll ask you a question? They'll ask you a question and they'll take 20 or 25 minutes to try to explain their question. And by the time they're done, you think, well, what was the question now? So before all that happens, and when you go to God, let him talk to you. Read the word of God. I have to be careful because what I do is I sit down and I want to pray first, which is, sounds great, but I start praying and then I start, you know, remembering. So and so had this prayer request and on and on and on. I need to hear from God first. I need to pray his word. And if I'll, if I'll look in his word, as I start praying, I'll start praying some of the things that I just read in his word. And by the way, that's the best prayer you can do. Is praying God's word. How many can say amen? Get to know him and walk with God. Walk with God. He wants to walk with you.
<laughs> well, wasn't that a great episode? If this episode has meant anything to you, if this podcast is ministering to you and speaking to you, helping you live a life more after the things of God, then we'd appreciate your financial contribution to help us continue to do this. You can go on over to our website at WLFAR.com and click on the Give tab and contribute to what God is doing here in Northwest Arkansas. I can assure you, you will be blessed.